This is an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, August 14th, 2021. This week in security news, on 12 occasions this week, Alert USA subscribers were notified via SMS messages to their mobile devices regarding a variety of safety and security matters. First up, on Thursday, Alert USA subscribers were some of the first in the nation to learn that U.S. forces will deploy back to Afghanistan and other sites in the U.S. Central Command area of responsibility in order to assure the safety of American embassy personnel and to facilitate the departure of Afghans under a special immigrant visa program. According to Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby, quote, We believe that this is the prudent thing to do given the rapidly deteriorating security situation in and around Kabul, unquote. Kirby goes on to explain the order of deployment. The first movement is of three infantry battalions, two Marine Corps and one U.S. Army, to Hamid Karzai International Airport. The next movement will consist of a joint U.S. Army-Air Force support element of around 1,000 personnel to facilitate the processing of the special immigrant visa applicants. These personnel will arrive in Qatar in the next few days. The third movement is to deploy one infantry brigade combat team out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. These soldiers will be headed to Kuwait, where they will serve as a quick reaction force for security in Kabul if needed. Overall, it is expected that this mission will involve roughly 8,000 U.S. service members. And the U.S. is not alone in this situation. Canadian Special Operations Forces are gearing up to deploy back to Afghanistan to evacuate Canadians at the embassy, which itself is being shut down. The British government has said it is also deploying 600 paratroopers back to Afghanistan to help British nationals flee as the Taliban continue to seize territory around the country. In addition, Germany, Denmark, Spain, Italy, Norway, and others are bolstering security and evacuating embassy staff. The New York Times is reporting that American negotiators are asking that the Taliban not attack the U.S. embassy in Kabul if the extremist group takes over the country's government. The U.S. Embassy is urging U.S. citizens to leave Afghanistan immediately using available commercial flight options. The State Department offers what are referred to as repatriation loans if funds for evacuation in this manner are an issue. Within days, there will also be significant airlift capability via the U.S. military. Next up, on Friday afternoon, Alert USA subscribers were notified the Department of Homeland Security had issued an updated National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin warning of the current heightened threat environment across the United States. Quoting from the bulletin, the homeland continues to face a diverse and challenging threat environment leading up to and following the 20th anniversary of the September 11, 2001 attacks, as well as religious holidays we assess could serve as a catalyst for acts of targeted violence. These threats include those posed by domestic terrorists, individuals and groups engaged in grievance-based violence, and those inspired by or motivated by foreign terrorists and other malign foreign influences. These actors are increasingly exploiting online forums to influence and spread violent extremist narratives and to promote violent activity. Such threats are also exasperated by impacts of the ongoing global pandemic, including grievances over public health safety measures and perceived government restrictions. You can find much more on this new NTAS bulletin in this week's issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. Shifting next to coronavirus-related developments. Once again, we have seen a busy week for federal and state health officials, as well as the private sector, in steadily increasing the pressure on citizens to get vaccinated. For instance, this week, the Centers for Disease Control began recommending COVID-19 vaccinations for pregnant women and women who want to become pregnant, a change in position which has resulted in a quick lashback from the medical community. Concerns range from a lack of a full understanding of clotting side effects, particularly in a high hormonal environment, to concerns of infants possibly ingesting spike protein through the mother's milk, 
to a growing number of reports of miscarriages occurring coincident to receiving one of the COVID-19 vaccines. As one virologist told Alert USA during a Friday evening interview, this is not erring on the side of caution, this seems reckless and is outrageous in the opinion of many doctors. Also this week, a rapidly growing number of cities across the U.S. are requiring people to show proof they have been inoculated against COVID-19 to teach school, work at a hospital, see a concert, or eat inside of a restaurant. For instance, following New York City's lead from last week, New Orleans and San Francisco will impose such rules at many businesses starting next week. This week, the Los Angeles City Council voted 13-0 to have the city attorney prepare an ordinance requiring people to show proof of at least a partial vaccination against COVID-19 to enter most public indoor spaces in the city, including restaurants, bars, gyms, concert venues, movie theaters, and even retail establishments. On Monday of this week, Alert USA subscribers were notified that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin will request approval for the COVID-19 vaccines to become mandatory for all U.S. military service members by mid-September. Almost immediately thereafter, President Biden issued a statement strongly supporting Secretary Austin's move. On Friday of this week, Alert USA subscribers were also informed that Canada will require all federal public servants, air travelers, passengers on interprovincial trains, and large marine vessels to carry proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Next up, in public health news, as of the time of this report's preparation Friday evening, Johns Hopkins University reports that there have been just under 620,000 deaths in the U.S. officially attributed to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. According to the CDC and the Assistant Secretary of Preparedness and Response, Total new deaths in the U.S. over the last seven days were just under 3,500, which is a 21% increase over the previous seven-day period. Total confirmed COVID-19 hospital admissions in the U.S. over the last seven days was 70,500, which is an increase of 29% over the previous seven-day period. On Friday, Oregon's governor deployed 1,500 National Guard troops to support frontline healthcare workers as hospitals in the state are facing a surge of admissions due to the spread of the COVID-19 Delta variant. In Canada, active case numbers are rising again in British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and Quebec. In Latin America and the Caribbean, Brazil remains the regional leader in daily new case numbers and deaths, followed by Mexico and Argentina. In Europe, while many EU nations have reopened for business and are accepting travelers from the U.S., the continent is a patchwork of different rules and regulations, as well as widely differing COVID standings. At present, the U.K. is the regional leader in daily new case numbers, followed by Russia and France, while Russia leads the region in daily deaths, followed by the U.K. and Spain. In travel security news, in addition to the new National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin mentioned earlier, Listeners are reminded that the federal mask mandate on public transportation remains in force for everyone, vaccinated or not, including on buses, trains, airplanes, and in stations and airports. Additionally, the CDC still requires all air passengers entering the United States, including U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents, to present a negative COVID-19 test taken within three calendar days of departure or proof of recovery from the virus within the last 90 days. If you are planning travel abroad this summer, regardless of the destination, Alert USA strongly recommends checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website, as well as that of the CDC, for safety, security, and health considerations. We also recommend that you take a few minutes to register your trip with the State Department's Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. Contingency planning should also be considered an essential part of your travel preparations. If you get sick overseas, do you have the resources for medical treatment or an extended stay? Does a family member or colleague know you will be out of the country? A few minutes of advanced planning and thought exercises like this can mean a difference between an inconvenience on a trip and an outright vacation disaster. 
In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, AlertUSA also regularly recommends taking a few minutes to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and British governments to see the travel guidance that those nations are providing to their citizens as threats, assessments, and travel restrictions can and do vary. You can find more on each of these stories in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. If you are not already a subscriber, simply visit ThreatJournal.com and sign up today. The publication is free, and a copy of this week's issue will be immediately sent to you via email. If you would like to receive breaking threat and incident alerts on your mobile device, visit AlertsUSA.com. AlertsUSA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment and will immediately notify service subscribers via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings, and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. This has been an Alert USA Threat Journal Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, August 14th, 2021.